Excellent. All right. Let me fix that. All right. Good evening, everyone, and welcome Hello. to the Funbox Monster Podcast. I'm Tristan. I am Matt Awkward. And today we're going to be doing the, I believe it is 1988 Correct film, Yep. Cameron's Closet. First which, time watch three. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, it's a thing. I this like movie, it. <laughs> I thought this movie was as always. This is a really fucking common thing with me, but I thought it was another movie. I watched. <laughs> I went into this movie. I have been calling another movie Cameron's Closet. That was a movie that traumatized me as a child, and I assumed it was this movie. This movie came out when I was like thirteen, so it absolutely did not traumatize me as a child. Was it Monster um, in the Closet? No, that's still too, probably too early. N- not Monster in the Closet. It was the other movie that I wanted to do today. That was like the ET ripoff. Oh, it making contact. Making Contact is the movie that I thought this was. And that movie fucked me up as a kid. Like, legitimately stuck in my head. And that movie was supposed to be a kid's movie that was supposed to be an easy ripoff of E.T. Yep. And instead, it was... Like, that was the one nightmare-inducing movie I can think of. And I was, like, watching horror movies as a kid. But Making Contact was the one that was like, oh, no. Nope, 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 nope. I watched it again before we watched this. Yep. And one of the jump scares got me as an adult. I was like, oh, God, fuck that thing. That that goddamn dummy. Fuck you. I'm I'm bummed because I had a Making Contact tape that I... Just traded years ago because I was like, ah, I don't, I don't watch kids' movies very often or, or almost ever, unless we're talking batteries not included for the hundredth time. But um, so it was just like I don't need making contact, so I just traded that away. Now I kind of really want to see it. Dude, it is so weird. I, we might even maybe we should do it at some point. It is, it's definitely weird enough to warrant that. Yep. But uh, and and it's very similar to this movie. There, there's like definitely crossover elements between the two, so. Oh, this, yeah. this, this movie, this movie, this movie's little uh fucking smiling kid demon that pops up between the clothes and the closet. Ooh. That that got me. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Second viewing through, it was like I got it a little bit the first viewing. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, whoa, that's creepy. Second one, it actually gave me a jump scare, and I was waiting for it. I was like <laughs> looking directly at it, and I was like, "That jump scare is coming," and it still got me. Yeah, it's, uh, a, good, it's a goodie. It, it's a great one. It is. <laughs> there, the scares in this movie are actually very good. That's the, a, the that's only, the problem with this movie is it has some really cool cool parts, and then it just like takes a nap yep. for fifteen minutes. <laughs> and this, I mean, this movie. I mean, legitimately looks like a porno. I mean, it's like it's shot like a fucking like it's like a porno director was hired to do an oxygen movie or something, you know, (laughs) like it's like not without my daughter directed by like the Dark Brothers or something. It's not right. It is. It's just a weird look. I think it looks better than a porno. I don't think it looks that dude. It's like. The way that it's shot is super strange to me. Like, it feels like all of the angles and everything are just kind of, I mean, this sounds super, super mean, but I mean, it's, it looks really unprofessional in a lot of cases. Like, it feels like in a lot of moments, it's like, why would a real director do this? 
like it just feels like the camera's in the really? wrong position know. sometimes and like it just there were some very very strange choices I don't the, I, I, I gotta disagree I like it I, I thought it looked cool, cool and I thought I, I, I thought I thought it gives a weird um, surreal vibe to the whole thing everything's just kind of slightly off it's a little wonky and it's like I don't I don't I don't think I even really noticed it until we start talking about it now that like yeah when I think huh. about it yeah it's almost like you take every camera shot line it up then just go <laughs> just make it a little like so it's just like a little <laughs> fucking weird <laughs> yeah it I mean there's there's a couple of shots in this that were legitimately strange too with the there's one that's like the the giant Cameron head and his mom's in the yes. background yep, yep. and it's like shot like one of those uh, like school photos where he's thinking about his mom or whatever it's <laughs> very that's a no, very strange yeah. one I like it um I, I do like this movie I will say that it is very boring in the places where it's boring. When yep. it when it decides to stop being a movie, it is just like it, you could just stop doing anything. It could be oh, yeah. people reading a newspaper for like half these scenes, and you would not change much. And that's a cool because, thing too. Like uh, this this movie could have been uh, hell of more boring uh, without it. It brings such crazy deaths to the table when they happen. Like yes. Yes. Like, like imagine like the the first death what we got to like imagine if he just like slipped and broke his neck oops, oops. you know what I mean they could have gone that route or yeah. or oh my god I saw a ghost and got a heart attack and just fell and dropped but no they like let's melt his right. eyes and shoot him fifty feet out the window and wreck a car and and like holy shit they bring it hard when they when they when they kill off the people in this I agree but and but to that point imagine if it was that if it was that movie. I could see this being a lifetime movie. Oh, like, definitely. Yep. Literally, you like, change. Is it the boy? The, is the boy the killer, or is there something else? Ooh, get yeah. rid of the demon, uh, and like get rid of any of the gore. Just have people die of heart attacks. Have them yep. like die of like asphyxiation or whatever, and it's a straight up lifetime movie. Yep. Which you know is not the worst thing. It's just it is not. It is certainly not your average eighties horror movie. No, it is not. <laughs> there's there's no way around it. Um, yeah, let's get started. Okay. Um, so this movie starts with um, with kind of an exorcist feeling scene that's uh, that's like VHS footage of the the little kid being trained by his father in some sort of crazy psychic experiments. I thought it was a super he's, effective start. I, I love it. Yeah, absolutely agree. It's, you know, he's, the kid is charming. He looks happy. Like, he looks like he's, you know, he's happy to be with his dad and all this stuff. He smiles in a very, very charming way. Yep. You know, there's no, like, he's not there against his will. So you're like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, look, it's fun that he's psychic and he yeah. has these abilities. So he has both psychic abilities and TK abilities. He can move things and he can see the future. Um or he can, he has extra sensory. I don't know about the future, but he can see things happening remotely. Um, in I love, this, basically. I love, too, that his moving things, a lot of the times, just consists in reversing the film. <laughs> it's so cheap. It's so cheap. It's so uh, cheap, especially when he saves the vase from breaking. <laughs> and he moves back on the shelf and it wobbles just like it almost did for itself. Oh, God. I've never... Like, it's very rare that you see that in a legitimate movie. This thing had a theatrical release, I believe. Uh, yes, and, it did. And I mean, like, 
that was legitimately a freeze frame. Like you got like a dead, like yeah. all of the pixels are all in the same place. You've got everything just, and then oh, it yeah. backs up and it like it spins yeah. back into place. That's but it's like they, they, they couldn't have just shot like it, they couldn't have just shot a different scene where it just fell off normally, like without the spin, and then reverse that one. Like no, nope, whoa, Mm-mm. hokey. No, it was amazing. The movie is not um, without its flaws, and it's for damn no, sure. No, 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 no. There's <laughs> there there are flaws aplenty in this movie, but it is um, it's it's something that you got to see. It's one of those movies that like if you like this kind of film, this is an example of something that you are not going to see anywhere else. No. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't so, ready for it. The weirdness took me by surprise. I did not as, as I was t- as I sent you the picture my goofy right up earlier like the box cover looks like a john grissom like the client yeah. you know what i mean like it looks there's it no looks so cheesy the back of the box describes the movie and tells you that there's demons and weird shit but there's not a single picture of that there is a great vhs cover for that i don't know which i think it might be the british release but it's essentially cameron running away from a door that's exploding with a zombie hand coming out of it oh shit and yeah it's like, that makes it's, sense why wouldn't you do it's that it's gorgeous <laughs> and the back cover is only the gore effects and the monster effects that are in the thing it's like straight legitimate monster cover as opposed to whatever the hell they were choosing Dude, why to do did the state screw that? up so bad and i feel that's part of this movie's obscurity like when you're yeah, when you're going to yeah, the video totally. store to rent a horror movie this doesn't look like a horror movie this looks like a freaking lifetime looks like a court drama looks like a you know yep like, there's nothing on this cover that would make me want to even look at the back of it if i'm browsing hard yeah. agree and uh i mean okay so we're, we're right at the beginning here i mean you get this introduction and you're hearing again very bad music as well and then it turns out that fucking harry menfredini did it that surprised me i like the music in me out a lot, I thought lot. it was super inappropriate, but I, maybe I loved the soundtrack to this, and I was wondering if it was on vinyl. And then I realized that I'm not a record collector, so I didn't really care <laughs> if it was or not. But like, That's I thought awesome. it was really cool music. <laughs> I love, I love that we have this exact uh, difference of opinion on yeah. both of these things. Uh, I thought, I felt like the music itself was just super cheesy and like super inappropriate. Like it was overly, overly emotive like it was i mean again it it was perfect for a lifetime movie it was it was very it was very sensitive and emotional and very unspooky it never it never hinted towards spookiness to me no i, I thought it was cool <laughs> <laughs> but either way okay so um we get some exteriors of this really super cool looking like Frank Lloyd Wright right ish house mm-hmm. that they're staying in, in the, in the woods. Um, they come in through the kid's window to, to show that he's, you hear him playing at something in his closet. And it turns out that he's playing with his non-licensed He-Man knockoff uh, and playing Deceptor versus Champion while Tab Hunter is downstairs uh, looking studious in his study. It's like he's reading the Necronomicon downstairs. <laughs> yeah, it's legitimately like, like the little kid is like, yeah, He-Man, we're going to fucking fight each other. And then yeah. dad's downstairs like <laughs> searching through blood-soaked pages of 
oh. some sort of grimoire. Before we get too far, we we got to mention that the other toy, the Deceptor toy that he's playing with, isn't a toy at all. It's like an old right uh, a statue of a old ancient demon or something like it's that. It's Pazuzu. It's fucking Pazuzu. It's fucking it's Pazuzu. Like, <laughs> it like legitimately that first scene looks just like that scene from the exorcist where she's, she's hooked up to the EKG or, yep. you know, and it's, it is so very much a riff on the exorcist. So he's, <laughs> Oh, where, Oh, <laughs> there you are. <laughs> I lost you. Nope. Um, and so when he's in this scene, he reaches up and grabs the idol and is like, hey, dad, can I play with this? And dad's like, sure, why not? Yeah. Have, have that, my fucking, my ancient demon artifact to part, play that, with. That part bothered me. I can't yeah. afford to buy you a Skeletor, so I'm going to give you this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, apparently. Now, I don't understand. This This moment is is interesting because he's like, the kid's in his fucking closet playing He-Man, essentially. Yep. And and Tab comes upstairs. His dad, Tab Hunter, I can't remember. Owen, I think his name is in the movie. Um, and he's legitimately pissed off at Cameron because he's playing in the closet. Dad hasn't put together the fact that this statue should probably be taken away from the child. Like, should have been taken away a long time ago. He already knew about the demon stuff. He already was like clearly aware because he's like looking through. He has his own weird demonic grimoire downstairs yep. that he's flipping through. Um, it, I don't get it. I don't know why he it was almost as though his character was supposed to be into this idea. Like I kind of would have preferred this if Tab Hunter was an occultist. Yeah. And he didn't tell his partner that he was into this for a different reason. And it didn't feel like they ever got to the point where they explained that. I, I feel like they were just like, eh, you know, they're both, they're both psychic researchers and they were both trying to do this one thing. And then accidentally he starts summoning a demon, but yeah, there would have been a really bunch, down with tab being into this idea from the beginning. And that being his secret agenda. And I think the other scientists knew that, though, and that's what turned him out to the uh, to just be a recluse drunk there, was he knew that yes. they were tapping into something. But the thing that... Uh, so anyway, just to cover it, the, the creature in the closet comes because Cameron summons it inadvertently, yes. right? Inadvertently. Through, through the Deceptor uh, Pazuzu toy statue, right. um, which is a really neat He's concept. But like, does Tab know that? Does Tab know that he can do that? He, why? Yes, why? Because they put it on camera. Because what happened? The reason that, that right, right, when Ben left, the reason he left was because he saw Cameron manifesting visual things in the world. He was actually making things happen. Yep. He like there was a picture of his dad and they were playing soccer and it was like, Oh look, he's manifesting this. And then the last thing he manifests is the face of this fucking demon. And so they're like, Oh, that's probably not great. Whatever the <laughs> fuck that is. Um, and so but why ben would he gets, even let him have the out. toy by himself then? If he knew that that was a possibility. Why? Why does he have an idol of this specific demon that can only be summoned by a child? It 
there's only one reason, and that is because he wants that. And he's, but the script isn't telling us that, you know? But like, then he, but then he goes to kill to him, correct. right? So he doesn't want yes. it. He when says, he goes it's up, is gone he going, too far. So he was going to kill Cameron with that machete, right? Legit, yes. He was going okay. to kill Cameron. Because so, he easily so, could have done that, but then he went to go, you know, do some re-wallpapering right. in the fucking closet instead. Which <laughs> mm, Another one. That's so weird. Okay, so he's he's doing all this shit, and he's like, he makes a phone call. Dad goes, yells at Cameron, and then he goes downstairs, and he makes a phone call to his partner, and he's like, all right, uh, I have to, I have to do this thing. It's gone too far. You know, we've got to, I've got to take care of this. And he goes, he says, destroy the tape, uh, you know, all this and may God have mercy on my soul and blah, 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 blah. And he goes and grabs a fucking machete, unsheathes it. And he's going upstairs and he hypnotizes Cameron where he's just like, Cameron is upstairs. He has been, there's a there's a process of hypnosis that they've conditioned him to go under with where he sees a lake and he sees a seagull and all of these things cause him to go under. Yeah. Um, and now he is unconscious, essentially, and wouldn't fight back. And so dad's like, all right, now's the time to go kill my kid. But then instead he goes to the closet and starts scraping the wall with the machete. Now, this Do you movie have any clue what that was about i do yes oh, and no good. I, I yes and no uh this movie is based on a book and this screenplay was written by the by the person that wrote the book and i feel like a lot of these details there's a couple others coming up i feel like these things would have been clearly made yep in the book but they did not that translate the film they just kind of like jumped the gun and just did something from the book but with no context so we don't know why um I think I agree with you. I think that makes sense because that, that whole thing was like, was nonsense. He was like, he was literally just scraping the wall with the machete and there was no context and no explanation. We didn't even see any close up of the posters to like identify what he was scraping. It wasn't like he was scraping off like any kind of uh, protective signs that could stop him or anything like nothing. There's no point to it at all. And I feel like there probably was was in the book. And I feel that that would have made sense translation. Um, or maybe so, it was just a scene that they had shot where they had shown that they had placed something on the wall to protect him or something like that. Yeah. Either way, he goes up, Tab's like, all right, well, I think I'm hearing something in the attic, I think is what he what he's saying. It sounded, like, a, if, it sounded like bouncy balls, like bouncing. Yeah, right. So attic. he hears something up in the attic and he goes up with his machete, pokes up through and uh, and he's like looking around doesn't see anything and then the the hanging light bulb right next to him shocks him the machete turns on its side <laughs> so, so that it's facing <laughs> straight up and then tab falls neck first onto the machete beheading himself uh, beautifully that, that also took me way by surprise with, with the first watch and it was so fun too because I, I watched it last night with sarah and she had never seen it. And so I knew that I, this is my second time last night watching it. And then she hadn't seen it. And, then, and she was just like, whoa, what the? <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. That, that head chop is crazy out of nowhere. It is, it is it, crazy it, out it, of nowhere. It sets it up like a Final Destination death. Like, it's just yep. like this most convoluted thing you would never expect to happen, you know? 
<laughs> and I think I think the tone of it feeling like a lifetime movie for the rest of it makes it even stronger when the things happen. Yeah. Because you're like you're going along and you're like, oh, uh, do, 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 you know, it's an after normal school special and everything. Thriller. Oh my god. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, super effective to mm-hmm. to like change people's expectations by the way that that the the movie shot. Um, whether that was what they meant to do or not, it it works really well. So, so yep, uh, dad is now dead, and uh, and his ex wife is now being awoken to a phone call telling her that uh, that her ex husband is dead, and she now has to look up look out for Cameron, and it turns out she's sleeping next to a dude who's right straight out of an eighties porno, yeah. and uh, and he turns out to be a jerk. I, I love her reaction too when she gets off the phone. She was in, in her words. She's like, "Oh, that's weird. My ex husband's dead." <laughs> she's like, Why wouldn't you yeah. say Owen's dead? You know what I mean? His name. Like, <laughs> it, I, felt, it felt like such a strange read to me. Like, oh, my ex husband's dead. <laughs> well, I, I think as you'll see from the rest or of this movie, she spends. She spends an awful lot of time smoking weed and drinking, and I think doing coke. It's hard to tell what what all the the stuff was on the table when she was like nearly passed out, but which is also she strange seems to because party I, hard. I feel like she becomes two different characters when she first when we first meet her. You know, is that scene then we see her picking up the kid or whatnot, bringing them to her house, and then all of a sudden the next scene we see her, she's got like a full <laughs> handle of rub in her hand, smoking things. It's just like, wait, yeah. when did this happen? Like you were just you seemed very well adjusted just a second ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, she is, she is enabling a monstrous uh, person in the in the new stepfather, uh, clearly, and I think that they're they're establishing that it is her that she basically shuts down and gets wasted whenever she has the opportunity to do so. Um, but uh, so, let's see. Two cops pull up outside the building. And one of the cops, or outside of a building, a random, some random warehouse. This is a totally different, for no reason, scene. Yep. And one of the kids sees the same stock footage of a seagull that Cameron sees when he goes into his, you know, his daydream that that hypnotizes him. And that distracts him. His partner chases a criminal through a creepy basement. Or does he? No, it was actually him, and he was chasing someone. It turns out that yep. this is his recurring dream that we're going to see a lot of times. And his he real felt- partner just lost a criminal because he was, like, spacing out for probably, like, five minutes. No, he fell asleep. He fell asleep on the stakeout. Right. Yeah, he was supposed to watch. If the perp comes out here, get him. But he was <laughs> yes. sleeping and dreaming. <laughs> yep. So he well, had to I mean, go... He was hypnotized, I think, is what, what we're supposed to think, maybe? No, maybe bad dreams. Bad dreams. Nothing something. Oh, that's Nothing right, else. because he doesn't sleep at night. That's the other yeah. thing. Yeah, he says he doesn't yep. sleep well. He has bad dreams. It's not insomnia. It's bad dreams. Um, it's which bad causes dreams. your insomnia, Julio. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yes. uh, that's where this movie also takes a funny turn, where it turns into, like, that classic cop's too stressed on the job, got to go to a cop psychiatrist, doesn't want to, doesn't want to admit he has yeah. a problem. <laughs> yep. That's another weird thing that they they put into this. So uh, so a car pulls up outside the mom's house and Cameron's there. They're loading him into the house and Cameron says, can I get my stuff? And they pop the hood of the stepdad's car and his stuff equates to 
a single box, like a milk, a milk carton crate. of milk like crate a milk thing. crate. Yeah. That's that's everything that he's bringing with him, I guess. Well, it makes sense so, because his parents kind of seem like shitheads. So maybe when they went to pick him up, they're just like, "Fit all you can in this stupid crate. Let's move." <laughs> yeah, they they are definitely portrayed as being straight up monsters. Um, I al- I also so, want to say that I hate the the dad or the boyfriend, the evil stepfather, we'll call him. Mm-hmm. Uh, loves his car so much. They make it a big point here that yep. you know. When when uh, Cameron shuts the trunk, he does it like you would normally shut a trunk on a car. Yep. And he's just like, hey, easy on the car. That's my car. I love my car. That car is fucking hideous. Like, that guy should have, like, a nice sports car, you know, something, like, you would really cherish. Like, that is an old man Sunday church grocery getter is, Cadillac. Like, there's nothing, there's funny, no pride in that car. It is a like, funny choice. I feel like it's a I mismatch mean, to the character. Yeah. Oh, I mean, but if he had an IROC, like, you know he totally should, uh, it wouldn't be able to tow that trailer. So that might yep. be the problem. Uh, so I see him as a st- Saab 9000 Turbo Man, actually. Ooh, I see him as an IROC Z Man. Yeah. Or perhaps, uh, like, a, I don't know, something with louvers on the back window. Oh, okay. So you're going for the more... more Monte uh, Carlo? Yeah, more '80s metalhead kind of guy. Yeah, that's that's what I think. I, that's that's the vibe he gives me. Gotcha. Um, yeah, he he gives me a sophisticated, like really nice high end sedan or sports car. Like <laughs> he does not he does not give me that at all. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's such a dick. Oh and yeah. He's so greasy. I oh, mean, yeah. oh my god, this guy like he is literally covered in baby oil every time you see him. <laughs> Actually, the the only two the two non uh, cop male adults are both greasy as shit. Every time you see them, mm-hmm. like her brother Alan, when it, when he shows up, he is like slick from head to toe. It is weird. Uh, but so he's outside washing his car shirtless, blah blah blah, you know. And we find out that he's like uh, he's got a scratch on his car, and Here, there's he- gonna be hell to pay. Here's another scene, uh, which I think is the same thing as the closet earlier, where I feel this is something in the book that didn't translate to the movie, because he sees that scratch. He instantly associates that scratch with Cameron, goes up to Cameron's room, he's just like, cleaning my car, found a scratch. Then he picks up a pink, like, uh, tennis, uh, not a tennis ball, like a wall ball kind of ball. A rubber ball that is literally the one thing in the entire world that could not possibly cause a scratch on a car and he goes maybe this has something to do with it and starts hitting against the wall and he's like i'm gonna keep this for a while and walks out with his ball let's figure wait what <laughs> I love that it. made any sense <laughs> I, I was working part. my brain trying to figure out how the hell he scratched the car with the ball <laughs> my favorite part is that he's like he's acting really badass and he's like fuck yeah man you know i think i'm just gonna keep this and cameron's like okay okay it's a it's a it's, it's a, a fucking ball, ball. I, I really draw, don't give two shits. I'm drawing I'm really cool artwork like, over here. <laughs> I, like, he thinks he's getting at Cameron, and, like, he's, Cameron is clearly, you know, 10 degrees smarter than this idiot. Oh, yeah. And it's <laughs> it's just, it's a it's a fun way to portray it, and it was very subtle in that it's just like, Cameron's like, yep, amuse yourself however the fuck you want to. <laughs> and he walks out like he's just totally won, and it's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so, but also we learned that, uh, that, oh, before this, the, we get a scene of 
our cop meeting the chief and the chief's not happy that he's falling asleep on the job. He's going to have to go see a psychiatrist or he's going to get his badge because he's a loose cannon. And, you know, whatever, you know, I think you know the deal. You've seen this movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you've seen movies before. That's how it works. So yep. Cameron now goes into his closet to play champion versus deceptor again. Um, and uh, Sam, the cop, shows up at the shrink. And, uh, and we have this weird little interaction with him and one of his fellow police officers who, so he fell asleep on the job once. So he's sent out and they're like, you know, we're going to take your badge away if you don't go see this, this shrink. And the cop that comes out in full uniform, he is still in service. He is still out there on the streets. He comes out and he's like, I'm having troubles with my wife and her mother. And the voices in my head are still telling me to go fuck myself. It's you like, hear voices too, right? <laughs> I I don't, man. I'm sorry. I'm just here on a, what does he say? He's like, oh, I'm a I'm friend, a friend, of, the friend of the family. Yep. <laughs> Visiting. This, 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 whole, so, this whole scene seemed to be like played for comedy, but it wasn't all that funny. Was, and I feel like you could just not. like, I feel like you could have just scratched this character altogether. And just it was had actually kind of it was kind of sad. Is more what it was. Yeah, it was just but, like uh, move on. This is this is part I of the mean, movie that the fluff of the movie that could have been excised. Like, and clearly it was supposed to be comedy because we get this next scene where he goes in and since Sam must have been born in like 1820 or something, he comes in and he's like, I'm looking for the doctor. And then it's like. I, a woman, am the doctor. And he says, what? I mean, a woman doctor? My goodness. Are you one of those suffragettes I've heard so much about? Um, So, yeah. So I think that was supposed to be played for for comedy, too, but made no sense. Um, So And also, he doesn't know who she is, and he doesn't know that she's a woman, even though she's the psychiatrist for the police department. I feel like her name would be bandied about in the department quite a bit. Yeah, it seems like the kind of thing that you would have heard, but whatever, that's fine. Um, okay, this lady keep, that, has... keep that crazy to yourself, or you go see Doctor Sally. You know, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And she has like this very uh, being the '80s. She has a really like weird Jane Polly from uh, like news anchor Jane Polly vibe to her. She's got. <laughs> Big fucking hair out to the side. Not <laughs> 80s hair where it's like goes straight up. Hers goes way out to the side like dog ears. It's yeah. awesome. I like her weird hair. Uh, he says that he's got bad dreams and blah, blah, blah. And he explains the, the recurring dream, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this fucking dream. I get it. I get that you have to nail some of this home. But yep. man, this thing is repeated so many times. It, it slogs. This whole scene slogs. Yeah, yeah it really does. Um, and so we go back to Cameron's house and we find out that the stepdad's a dick because he's an actor. And so <laughs> this was something that I wish they had changed to because he's such a meathead and he's clearly such a like such a tool. He should have been reading for lethal weapon. He should have been reading for something where he's like, oh, you know, chief, don't don't take my badge away. I need to do whatever. Yeah. You know, like he should have been doing one of those roles. He's like reading Instead, for like a what, period piece he's or something? Mark he's like Anthony in fucking Julius Caesar. <laughs> yeah. He thinks he looks like Mark Anthony and he's like, this is the role that I was destined to play. That's, I, and, and, this, and this is also where the mom character changed from totally normal mom character to... 
super booze hound. Like super, super just like she's like smoking a huge joint and just pounding liquor. What the I don't think fuck? It, I don't think it was it a joint? I thought it was a cigarette. I oh, I thought it was a joint. I thought oh, I think she it was, was a cigarette. I, she's smoking cigarettes through the whole thing. Oh, I thought she was holding she, it in the universal I'm smoking a joint way with her like in movie movie joint smoking. Yep. I, yeah. I felt like she had it in her hand in that way that signifies I'm smoking a joint in yep. a movie. Maybe she was. Maybe I thought I thought it was just a cig. She smoked cigs all the way through. That's she never, true. She, she does. We never see her smoking a cig until this scene, though. She like it almost That's seems true. like they changed her whole character traits <laughs> in a cut. Yeah. <laughs> well, so <laughs> this this jabroni is trying to remember his one line from this play. Uh, <laughs> so she's like. He has he's trying to do one sentence. That's all he's got. And so mom needs to give him the first four words of this one sentence from Julius Caesar. He says it terribly. And uh, and Cameron laughs at him because it's fucking hilarious. Because watching the, this gigantic jabroni do, you know, Julius Caesar is funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, and of course he gets pissed. They decide to pack it in because one line was about all they could stand to do. And <laughs> and so he's now pissed at Cameron. Cue some very bad things about to happen. So he hears Cameron upstairs playing in his closet. Uh, and he's like, that's what was distracting me. That's why I'm a shitty actor. I can't do my lines when a kid's talking to himself in his bedroom. <laughs> yeah. No, these distractions. That's what's making me a shitty actor. Yep. It's it's not all the other things it's, about it's me. It's not the fact I'm a shithead. It's talking to himself, I'm playing Defendor versus He-Man. <laughs> yeah. So so he goes up. He's pissed, and blah blah blah. You know he he yells at him once, goes away, and then he's still he hears noises, and that's basically the demon in the closet. He Cameron is talking to the closet after he leaves and he's like trying to tell the closet to shut up and uh and he comes back up and he's like you know everybody's gonna know that you're crazy you know your dad died one day ago or something like two days ago and he's just like you're fucking crazy you're talking to yourself and everything and then he goes and he looks in the closet and instantly like i thought this guy was gonna have a long lifespan of tormenting cameron yeah like he was set up to be this like long time tormentor and then maybe in the last 20 minutes he gets his comeuppance yep he just opens the closet his eyeballs get blown out of his head and he flies 60 feet through the window and then onto his precious car crushing the roof dies oh sweet irony (laughs) (laughs) uh man it's almost like again cameron did fuck up his car a second time yep (laughs) but was it cameron I don't you know I don't know I honestly do not know at this point either way I think even I don't even think in was. retrospect even, even, I don't even, know even in talking with the person he was like I didn't do it well sort of didn't do it you know sort like, of sure he he did bring the demon forth that did that but uh regardless yeah I thought that was the coolest and, and again this is another one of those things where it just it comes out of nowhere like yeah. all of a sudden he looks yeah. in the closet wind blows he's like ah! both his eyes get burnt out and it's like um it's like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, wire work, you know, where you just see yes. him get pulled oh, across yeah. hell. Uh, there's a lot of that in this movie, especially the finale in the cave, but the floating and yeah. the, 
Uh, yeah, they were they were wire work happy in this fucking film. <laughs> they they really were. Oh my god, the him getting his ass kicked in the end was hilarious. Oh, I, definitely I loved that scene. But but this uh, death was awesome. They did not again. Like I, I mean, I've said it already, but they did not skimp out on the death scenes in this movie. Again, he could have no. just had the eyes burnt out, be like, oh, and fell out the window. No, he flew out the window backwards. It was awesome. Yep. So. <laughs> so not long after the cops show up and they there's like 50 fucking cops out there they've cordoned it off and there's a full on media circus our cop Sam that is the one that we're going to follow through the rest of the movie he's out there being hounded by reporters even though he literally just showed up he's like on his way to the house he hasn't talked to anyone in the family and he's still like talking to reporters as he goes there. He has no information. He straight up tells um, them that he just got there and he knows nothing. And they keep hounding him for know. answers. Why don't you talk to somebody one, else? One here? of them even latches onto his arm. The old lady reporter like won't let go of his arm. He calls her on it. Like, let go of my arm. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? And so, so he comes in and we're introduced to Alan, the brother of his mother. So his uncle, his uncle Alan, who plays zero role in this movie other than to be fodder um yeah and so they send their they basically say oh you know mom's on valium and so she's not going to be any fucking use don't bother talking to her cameron's up in the in his room you know where the horrible trauma occurred (laughs) we just said you got a giant hole in your fucking wall why don't you just go sit up there on your bed and wait for somebody to come to you well to be fair there was a doctor up there with him but still yeah maybe choose a different room um either way uh psychiatrist shows up to talk to cameron before the cop can even really say anything and it's the same psychiatrist that our that our guy's been seeing so and he's told that he shouldn't have gone there without her too yes that is procedure when something involves a kid you bring a police psychologist with you i guess yep (laughs) yes and so, so Sam goes into the closet and he's like looking around and he steals the fucking Pazuzu figure. So that's weird. <laughs> so in pl- in he, plain sight too, which is so strange. It, there's somebody the, behind of, him talking directly yeah, to him when he steals it. Who disappears when the camera cuts, that's, which is odd. Yeah, he's just true. like, you, you find anything? He's like, no, nothing. As he's nothing. pocketing this giant statue <laughs> right in his view. And then when it cuts, that cop's nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it does. It gives him a little. It gives him a little wig out. He has another little wig out when he sees the poster of the the seagull as well, because that is the seagull that Cameron pictures. Blah 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 blah. So, but he'd rather um, talk about sports ball. (laughs) He'd much rather talk about that. Downstairs, we've got the psychiatrist talking to Cameron now, and we have that scene where the vase starts falling towards the floor. And he psychically reverses the film and it's like, oh, Jane Pauly lady sees it and she's like, oh, she's so slick. She is way too slick. She reacts like seeing seeing like psychic phenomena like this is as common as like seeing any other kind of childhood trauma. Like she's like. Oh, she's literally having a conversation and she continues the conversation while watching him psychically manipulate a piece of furniture. And in her head, she's going, oh, shit, this is like the fifth telekinetic kid this week. God damn it. Yeah, I mean, maybe in Southern California, who knows? Yeah. (laughs) It probably is. 
so oh, one she of these movers. <laughs> so she knows that he's got some sort of weird telekinetic ability, which is pretty clutch information when somebody's just blown out a fucking window. But yeah. you know, that's fine. Uh, not, Sam drives home late at night and nearly gets into an accident. He pulls out his gun and he walks into the fog and he's he hears Cameron calling for him from the fog, telling him to follow him. And now he's back into that same fucking dream again. And then that same meat hook guy attacks and Sam shoots him again. This time he sees that it's his partner. Is that who it was? Means I couldn't tell who it was. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> it means nothing because He's at no the point end, at all. So, mm, so frustrating. That's yeah. another thing that I wish was different about this movie. Twice. Cut this whole scene well, out. Sure, I agree. But also, I wish that the dreams made sense because okay. dreams don't have the, to make sense, though. They well, in that. the they, end, they, we the find movie out. Co- the movie covers its ass like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Except that at the end, we find out that the dreams are sent to him by the fucking demon. So the demon is sending him dreams to kill Cameron. He's setting him up to think that Cameron is a threat. And that is, that's the whole point of the fucking dreams. That's the whole reason that he's yep. seeing all this stuff. And so why wouldn't you make a dream where a little kid is a threat or the little kid kills your partner. Like or the little go, kid is the fucking meat hook kid, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Like the guy with the meat hook has Cameron's face. Like, yep. That's creepy. A full grown adult with a little child's face. That would freak me out. That would scare you know, me that would, too. <laughs> that would be a really creepy thing. So it seems, it just seems like a wasted opportunity. That's all. It, it does now that you mention it. And yeah, meat hook guy never has a payoff. We never find out who that yeah. character is or anything. But next up, we do find out that Bill Lustig is uh, guilty of some sort of pornography and he gets arrested here. You stole uh, my so we know that this. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm the director, sorry. The director of Uncle Sam has a little cameo as a porno I was going to say Maniac Cop, but I'll give, you, I'll give you Uncle Sam. He's mostly known for Uncle Sam. <laughs> I do love Uncle Sam. <laughs> he wants you dead. Um <laughs> A weird, weird coincidence. One of my friends moved to New York. Like, we were in, we were actually in school together. We went through the same program. He now works as a professional editor and makes more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime in like a oh, week. You own a comic but, book shop. So. <laughs> but I do own a comic book shop, so <laughs> fuck everybody. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but he, when he first moved to New York, he moved to Queens. And the dude who lived upstairs from him designed the uncle the uh, the Uncle Sam lenticular box. What? <laughs> just a weird little thing that happened. Like, it just randomly, his his upstairs neighbor was the guy that designed the Uncle Sam box. Huh? I haven't loved I that box. That was, oh, I I mean, it's it's one of the best. <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. <laughs> And, anyway. I, and, I, and I just want to plug, if you like the movie Uncle Sam, <laughs> I was guest on the Rude Horror Podcast where we covered Uncle Sam, and that was a lot of fun. So Totes check that out. And the goats. Do that. <laughs> uh, okay, so Sam is mad that the shrink is here, and the captain says, she has to be there because Cameron's too young, blah, blah, blah. So Cameron's in therapy, and the shrink brings up his telekinetic abilities, uh, uh, and 
he gets she gets interrupted from this conversation by saying Sam is coming, and she's like, "How do you know that?" I just know things. So now oh, we know that he kind of knows the future. You're a fucking psychic now. Okay. <laughs> so telekinetic, psychic, like <laughs> he can kind of do everything. Yep. Um, and so from here on, Sam's gonna basically be the father figure to Sam to uh, to to Cameron. So Sam takes him out for a hot dog and sees him, shows him the statue that he stole from his room. And he's like, he learns about the story about the fact that this is the make-believe person that he's talking to and all that stuff. Um, We cut to our psychiatrist at home eating Chinese food out of a takeout box. Doorbell rings and it's Sam. Now he's there. He's like, I just wanted to talk about Cameron. Just kidding. It's all about me. I need to talk about my dreams. I'm really sad and everything's horrible. Can we also discuss how creepy this is? That he probably just used his cop powers to find out where she lived. This is so inappropriate. They don't even even bring that up. (laughs) And and Sarah and and I were watching this last night. We were like, do you think that's a cop thing? Do you think that's like a, like when a cop wants to date a cop, they just show up because they, they're cops and they can look people up. Like they probably I don't, don't. want to think about it. I they bet probably, you're right. But but I bet I'm right because like why why the formality of wasting time when you can just use your computer and just like show up somewhere? I hate it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's so icky. It's it is like beyond icky. Yeah. Oh, it's like hey, I didn't, I didn't yeah. want to waste your time calling and like asking for your address so I could just go. <laughs> Cop, so I figured yeah. I'd just show up. I'd yeah. show up in your bed. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, went to city uh, hall. Got the went to, went to city hall. Got the building plans for your house. <laughs> oh, God, I planted yeah. some cameras. I hope that's cool. Um, <laughs> but this seems weird. Yeah. Yes. So we we get the fact that he is fucked up and he's turning to her for solace. Cameron is now back at his place. Mom is passed out drunk on the couch, and Cameron is yelling at the demon in his closet. The demon, he's he's like legitimately like trying to like he seems to be trying to assert control over the demon yeah. for like the first time, and the demon is pissed about it, and sends Cameron on a nightmare on Elm Street trip up the wall. How like, they how they do this? Do you know? I mean, it's in this case it was. I mean, usually it's one of those. It's a spinning box, but. I don't know if that's what they did this time. But he just straight up moved, like, but there was no track in the wall that we saw at all. Like, I I thought this was real. I thought this was a really effective effect. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. It looks great. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It got got me wondering, like, did they have, like, a giant magnet strapped to his back and a magnet on the other side of the wall? Like, they they had to do something like that. But, uh, again, I just watched this on tape. I don't have any fancy special feature blu-ray i don't oh, even know if there I is have, one i have i have nothing fancy either but uh but yeah no it looked it looked great and uh and you're right. the, there the wasn't ceiling, anything there the ceiling he fan was, comes he alive. dragged up the wall like oh yeah it did feel like there was something like a harness that was like moving him with a magnet or something there, but, it, definitely but if, did if there was we way. didn't see it like it was such no, a great no, the effects was, in this movie yeah. are fantastic they are this everything is the guy that did, everything except when you see the creature up close for too long (laughs) or ever at all when you see the creature at all the creature is fucking awful Uh, there's there's like two there's three different forms of this creature the only time he looks okay is when it's just the head 
Yeah. And it doesn't move. When it yep. moves, it looks like the elf. You know, it's just a fucking head on a stick that goes and moves side to side. Um, when you see him flying at you, it's, it's literally a, a thing on a stick. <laughs> it's a thing on a stick with a fucking poncho over it. Yeah. So it's like a dude with a big poncho covering him, holding a head on a stick over his head and running down a hallway. <laughs> Very silly looking. And then there's the there's the full bodied version, which looks so doofy. Nah. It is beyond doofy, which is crazy because the the creature monsters that are not the demon, the like the two possessed people in this movie are horrifying. Yeah. Uh, the closet, like, the closet demon, scary. the closet demon jump scare yep. we talked about earlier. That's horrifying. Like it looks great. Uh, yeah, absolutely great. What happened with uh, the monster? <laughs> they must have run out of money. It's all I can imagine because that monster is so bad. This is the fucking effects guy that made ET for fuck's yeah. sake. I mean, come on. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> he's he's got he's got skills. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I feel like he was not part of that. Yeah. Okay. So. So uh, Cameron's uh, Sam's partner Pete is now out uh, at Cameron's old house. For some reason, he thinks there's something there. He pulls his gun and goes upstairs into Cameron's room. I guess maybe the door was ajar, and so he was like, oh, maybe there's somebody who's broken in or something. Whatever. It was he all very vague. Cl- yeah. He heads straight for the closet, though, for some reason. Maybe psychic impulses, maybe something else. Who knows? He pokes through the clothes, and we get that fucking jump scare. That absolutely, insanely terrifying jump scare. With so good. Yeah. This, the face that they use is so good. Instead of just being, you know, in a in any of these kind of movies, you would have just normally had like a makeup effect. Just, you know, a guy, same dude with the makeup. Instead, he's got some sort of animatronic mouthpiece. Yeah. That's pulling his, his face in a way that a human being could not do yeah. in a way that you're like, that is absolutely inhuman. So it's when you see it, society level body horror. Yeah, it, it really yeah. is. You are, you're like, you know you're not looking at a human face, but you are at the same time. And it's like, mm-hmm. it is a Clive Barkery like, awesome, awesome, crazy, inhuman moment. So, can't say enough good things about the the big scares of this movie. Yeah. Um, so... I am I am a little let down that we don't see what happens to him after. Because after the jump scare, we just kind of cut outside hearing he him just scream. screams. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we we know that he dies, but we just don't know anything more than that. Yep. Um, So mom believes that the evil is in the house. She is convinced that the evil lives there. And the psychic or the the psychiatrist, I should say, uh, says, hey, did you happen to know that Cameron was psychic? Because he is. And she's like, what? Yeah. And so. Because he's kind of psychic. (laughs) Because he's a little on the psychic side. Um, so the shrink and Sam go to the old house because they, because they've been told that the psychic evaluation papers from the study that they did with Cameron are going to be there somewhere. She makes a beeline to the closet. Like she knows exactly where it is. (laughs) Good enough. Whatever. She finds a book called, uh, demons and dwellers in the never world that looks just like a D and D manual. And it made me laugh. Um, 
So Sam goes up, Sam goes straight up to Cameron's room and dicks around in the closet and you're expecting something crazy to happen. But for some reason this time, it's just a, it's a nothing and they get freaked out and they leave because it's spooking them out to be there. Um, so Sam and the shrink now head out to Ben's cabin to the, the assistant to his dad where the where these experiments were taking place originally where the it, the tape was from this is the point in the movie that i always start to drift like mm-hmm. i can see that i don't know what what There's, minute we're in the movie here but like this is the point where i'm always like oh, okay attention's starting to waver a little bit like it becomes yeah, one of those like I, it becomes one of those ring like mystery kind of movies where it's just like oh we found this other guy oh it's a partner oh he lives out in the woods let's go drive out to the woods and we'll walk in the well, woods yeah, because because this is just a this is totally a MacGuffin. There's like nothing here. Oh. They go out to him. The only purpose is to find this tape that could have been in the fucking box. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't need him. So it, they just find this sad old man drunk in a bathrobe, like with a big thing of scotch and like a stained bathrobe, and his house is all destroyed. And it's like well, it's like it's just like fighting me on a Tuesday. So whatever. <laughs> Well, the thing is, he he's so vague. That's what's so annoying about this is that they come to him and you're like, okay, well, here's where we're going to get our exposition drop. Yep. And he's like, well, things went too far and we couldn't turn back after a while. And it's like, okay, <laughs> expand on that. And mm-hmm. it was very bad. We shouldn't have toyed with a child's mind. Like, he just says these things that are just <laughs> platitudes. They're not just just shit. It's just not it's not plot at all. It's just yep. rehashing exactly what we know with different, really heavy emphasis and really. Oh, this is this is going to be much darker when I say it. This and again, way. the the guy plays an important part later on. But so it's like we oh, need to yes. we, we we need to establish him. But at the same time, it's just like we need to establish the psychiatrist earlier. It's still a boring fucking scene. Like, <laughs> even though it, it's needed. So true. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, in essence, we get this this speech where he's like, Cameron's dad wants to unlock the potential of the human mind, and he thought that children were perfect subjects because they hadn't learned their limitations yet, and something went terribly wrong, and so Ben left. Um, he's He says all of this nonsense stuff, but then he hands them a VHS tape, that was the thing that they were in the in the beginning. He says that he wanted him to destroy the tape because there's too much information on it and people shouldn't know this stuff. We need to destroy it. But he didn't. Which is so funny so, because my first watch of this movie, um, when he first says that, when he calls him on the phone, and he's like, I need you to destroy this tape. I thought he was talking about the message he was leaving on the entering machine. That's what I thought too. You too? Okay, cool. <laughs> that is absolutely what I thought. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Totally. Um, like I'm going to kill my kid. Please delete this message after I kill my kid, please. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that was what I thought was that I thought that he thought he was going to get away with it. Yep. Like that he wasn't going to kill himself afterwards or anything that he was going to kill Cameron. And he was going to be like, ah, uh, I don't know. Some guy broke into my house with a machete. I, Does anybody know <laughs> any more psychic kids I can research? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But uh, so (laughs) so they leave Ben's place and it's all foggy and spooky outside. And uh, 
Sam starts hearing voices calling to him from the fog, and he voices grabs a like that other cop mentioned. Mm-hmm. Maybe that scene is totally necessary. Oh shit! No, it's totally not. It's totally not. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he grabs a flashlight and goes out looking for the the source of the voices, and he finds his friend Pete. And uh, Pete says some creepy shit. Uh, here, this is a this is a terrifying scene. This is a wonderfully spooky scene. Just the line is harif- is terrifying when he's like, you know, dark woods area covered with mist, and he's like, "You want to know what the thing in the closet is? I'll yeah. show you." And it's like, "Oh fuck! I really did not want to know what the thing in the closet was." Buddy. <laughs> uh, but then he starts running, follows him, and then when he stops, he just melts like his head starts coming apart he starts pulling his skull apart we never really see what the thing in the closet is because the whole time Cameron's bed is going all exorcist and flipping around and like shaking and his mom comes up and startles Cameron and so as soon as she wakes him up then Pete goes away Pete disappears and See, I, 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 I kind of hated the scene because, like, I don't feel that chase was necessary whatsoever. He could have just started doing – and then with that whole melty, dissolving reveal, we never saw anything cool out of it. No. You know what I mean? Like, no. Such a tease. And, like, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's one thing to, like, tease a character in the movie, but as a viewer, you want to see the end result, cool shit from that. And they spend way too much on that melt reveal to just blue ball you with it. Like, I agree. There was. Yep. It is too bad that there was nothing there because they're they're literally the the line the spooky line is. Do you want to know what the thing in the closet is? And my answer yes. is yes. <laughs> yes, I do. And you just pulled all your skin off, and there was nothing underneath. So, are you saying there's nothing in the closet? Is this yeah. some sort of metaphorical thing? Are Total you being artsy? What yep. a jerk. <laughs> um, so. Uh, you know I hate yeah, art. Sam, <laughs> you sure do. So, Am, uh, so Sam cries and hugs the psychiatrist who's chased him out there, and he's like all pathetic and like really, really losing it. Um, so, meanwhile, they must have taken off at this point, but while they're gone, Ben's getting a visit from Tab Hunter. So Tab Hunter has returned from the grave, and looks amazing and he he's paying a visit to say you've got to kill the kid and he's like well you know what i can do to you so well you didn't destroy the tape now i guess Mm -hmm. just kill the kid (laughs) yeah and that's the other thing is that he's talking with that like raspy because he's his head's been put back on okay (laughs) it's it's good it's i i mean Mortal injuries carry over into the ghost world. (laughs) (laughs) Beetlejuice rules. Yeah, totally. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I loved it. It, Honestly, like those two characters are very, very scary. Yeah. And uh, and Tab Hunter is great in this, even though he probably did maybe three days tops. He's I mean, man's got to eat, (laughs) but he's just his stuff is great. Yep. Um, especially when he's in makeup, his, his scary bits are very scary and very convincing. He looks a little bit like, uh, the, the caretaker from, uh, Salem's lot. It looks like a better version of that makeup. 
I like also, that. I have this horrible habit of uh, whenever I see Tab Hunter, I always want to watch polyester with him in it. <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah. Or Lust in the Dust. Yep. <laughs> Both with Divine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they were good friends. Yes. <laughs> so uh, let's see. The psychic or the psychiatrist finds the Pazuzu statue in Sam's pocket while he's sleeping. So Deceptor, Sam Deceptor, has, please. Oh, please. I'm sorry. It is Deceptor. Um, it's also something else, but I can't it's remember. It's so deceptive it that it's Pazuzu. <laughs> Deceptor. But he, so he's totally zonked out. She finds this statue and then goes into the living room with the D&D manual and watches the VHS tape and okay, she's can just living the, the 80s about the lifestyle. Tape watching? I find oh, it yeah, so, sure. I find, I find it so cute that she powers on the VCR first before putting the tape in. <laughs> yeah, you know that shit turns on itself when you put the tape in. Come on. <laughs> Why do I feel like there was a time when people were being told that they shouldn't do that because it's like, oh, no, you got to let it warm up first? <laughs> <laughs> Always prime your VCR. Let it run <laughs> for three minutes before you put a tape in. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> Let the yeah, oil I, circulate around in the, yeah. in the engine. It's dumb tape head. Uh, For me, it just cracked me up and she's like, beep, bloop. <laughs> <laughs> so we go through this tape again. We see the same thing we saw in the beginning of the movie. Just normal psychic shit. You know, Cameron, you know, blah, 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 doing all that stuff. Um, and then we we see the moment where he grabs the idol and starts using it in the psychic tests. And we see the image projections and then the last one being the demon. So yep. he's starting to manifest this demon. Um, so it looks, get, it looks so cheesy, too, because it's just like yeah. he's thinking of characters and they kind of dissolve in and dissolve out. But imagine if you were actually watching that tape and it wasn't a edited thing, like you actually saw that. That would be legitimately creepy. But like oh. since, since we know that it's obviously but, edited in, it looks so silly. You know, it's I mean, like one of... And, that How do you demon, convey that, though? Yeah. That demon reminds me of the bad guy from SpongeBob who fights Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy with the two points on his head. It's very, it's oh, a very uh, cartoonish monster. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what his is name that, is. Is that Plankton? No, no. It's it's the uh, it's the superhero villain. No, uh, I don't know it. I can't remember what his name is, but it is like he has that same look. He's just got like two little points on the top of his head. Kind yeah. of no no real identifying marks on his face because he's really plain. So he's like just kind of a little. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't look like anything. He's so ill-defined. I wish he had more shit on his face so that you could uh, kind of. The, the demon in this kind of reminds me of the. um. The giant demon at the end of uh, the gate. Yeah. When it busts yep. the before, only not moving. Like, no, right. <laughs> not not the same emotive feature. Not almost, as great almost like he took a still that. picture of the giant demon, the floor demon from the gate, and then just kind of like move that picture a little bit. Which, the way <laughs> they use still photography in this movie, it would not surprise yeah. me if that was something <laughs> they did. Um, so, we get this next scene that makes no sense other than just for creep factor. So Alan, the brother of the mom is 
taken his sexy shower and his sister shows up in the shower and he's like, wow, we should probably make out. You're my sister. And he uh, gets murdered by a monster. I remember talking to you about this. Uh, <laughs> I remember back like an hour ago talking to you about this before <laughs> this podcast started. Uh, three viewings of this movie and I kept missing who that guy was. And I yeah, thought it was her brother, but then it turned out to be her brother. Uh, okay, so my complaint here is, is again, I, I don't want to sound like a prevert, but like one of my big complaints <laughs> is shower scenes in movies with no nudity. And it's just like, why are you going to slap these dudes in a shower but not yeah. show any peen or boobs. And uh, I think he got I, his dick when he fell out of the when he fell out of the shower. You did see a microsecond of dick, but uh, yep. but but boobs are what horror movies are about. Right, that is absolutely true. <laughs> and, and like, I do why not would you? Know, yeah. But now that I know that it's and his brother why would and sister, would I even want to have all. the sister boobs? Right. <laughs> so why nothing would you of this whole scene. Period. Period. Yeah. It's just so weird, it, like. Yeah, I didn't get it. I definitely noticed that he was too familiar with her. He was overly, like, when he was leaving the first time, he kisses her on the cheek. I thought, so Michelle and I watched this together, and the first time around, I was like, man, she moves on fucking quick. She's gone through, like, three husbands in four days. And she was like, that's her brother. Michelle was like, that's her brother. And I was like... Why did he kiss her like that? <laughs> like it was really creepy. And think, then now we see. Do you think this is another subplot in the book that probably you realize yeah. she's from this fucked up relationship and they Could just be. like yeah. threw that, that in the movie but didn't give us any backstory whatsoever? Yeah. I mean, there is definitely something weird there. You so, should see if uh do you know anybody that owns a bookstore that might have this book in their horror section? Michelle might have this. I would not be surprised if the Greenhand Bookshop <laughs> has this right now. Um, yeah. I mean, we found Friend, and Friend was hard to get through. Man, that book is boring. Friend? It's the the novel that Deadly Friend is based on. Oh, no shit. Michelle found that for me right after we did the podcast, and I I did my due diligence, and I went through it, but it is not good. That movie sucks, too. <laughs> It does kind of suck. <laughs> Again, I still love it, but man, I, I can definitely see why a person would be really fucking annoyed by that movie. Um, okay, so Cameron, after after the brother gets bashed to death on the wall by a big demon hand in his face, he f- smashes through the through the shower wall and then onto the floor, all bloody. The sister comes upstairs. She's holding him, screaming. Cameron comes in and she's like, Cameron, get help. And so instead of using the telephone to call a fucking ambulance, Cameron <laughs> runs out into the street in the middle of the night. I mean, he's a kid, but yeah. he's a smart kid. He still runs out into the street and says, somebody help us. Look, maybe maybe he learned everything he knows from Halloween. True. He, probably he, was just, did. he was just pulling a Jamie Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, and so so he does this, and because he made this very strange choice, he runs directly into Ben on the sidewalk, who kidnaps him. <laughs> so, yeah. That wasn't good. That was kind of weird. Um, 
kind of and kind of not. <laughs> it was kind of like, okay, yeah. yeah, we know this guy has this kid's best interest in mind, probably. But at the same time, I still what don't are you know. doing here I in the middle of the night know. snagging a kid into your car? Yeah. <laughs> I, I still don't know if he had he, if he had his best interests at heart. I don't know if oh, he was going to kill him or not. He was trying to save he was trying to trying to save him and, and excise the demon at the end. Remember before That's he got That's what he said. But he, he was, was also putting him to sleep the same way that dad did before he was going to kill him. Like cuz you're mean, stronger fair, in your dreams. Did. It's like Freddy logic. Yeah, maybe he can, he can attack the demon in his dreams. In his dreams, he can be a wizard. He could be a wizard. <laughs> uh, I'm beautiful and bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So the shrink lady is reading that book. She finds out that his name is Zialto or some shit. And he is the essence of evil. He can only be called forth by the will of an innocent child. Once he is summoned, he will find a place to live and gain strength until he surpasses the will of the child. And then something else. We don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Presumably yeah. kills everyone on the planet, submerging sure. us into a thousand years of darkness or whatever. Who fucking knows? <laughs> anyway, uh, Sam has, has a dream about evil Cameron. And this is his first like legitimate you need to kill the boy moment. So this scene bothered me because one, it's all a dream. Yeah. And two, it's a dream within a dream that when you finally started making me think, okay, he's out of the dream. Ah, no, he's still in it. So yeah, he, he basically gets to the point that the kid is evil. He needs to go kill that kid. So then we see Sam all gung ho, ready to go into the house and kill that kid. And he goes into that house to kill that kid with the knife and everything. But, like, that's still part of the dream. But that makes you think that it's not. And I, I hate yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, that that was really weird. Um, and and also, if, if the fucking demon is sending him these messages to get him to kill Cameron, why would he send him a dream where he goes to kill Cameron and in his heart he's sad that he's doing it? And he wakes a, up in a panic going, yeah. oh, my God, I almost killed this child that's totally innocent. That's not the kind of fucking dream you want to send to him. You want he's to a, send him a dream where he's like, you're a hero. You killed the evil child, yeah. and now we're all safe. Here's the key to that's the city. That's the dream you send. <laughs> yeah, here, exactly. Here you go. Here's free Wendy's for a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a benefit or not. Whatever. Uh, anyway. I'll kill so, a demon for free Wendy's for a week. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, so he, that was all a dream, blah, blah, blah. Ben now has Cameron back in the house where the demon is occupying, like where he's set up housekeeping, and he's he sat him down on the bed, and he's trying. He's explaining that he wasn't responsible for any of the people who died, that it was all, you know, it was all his dad and Ben. They were the, the dildos who did this, and... Ben claims that as long as Cameron lives and controls his willpower, that he has mastery over this demon and he can return it to hell. And so he hypnotizes Cameron again. And as he's putting Cameron under the door behind him to the closet slowly <laughs> slides open with I love like it. big dramatic red, red lighting behind it. <laughs> Dario brought over his red lights and he's like, yeah, I could borrow these. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, 
things are getting warm in here. He's like starting to sweat and he's starting like the, the red lights are increasing. It's like he's under a heat lamp or something. And he starts getting like really, really warm. And then his skin starts crisping and he starts like dribbling blood. Well, and I he think- stumbles out of the room. I think his blood is boiling. They they show that kind of like ocean scene with the like the boiling. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I think his blood is boiling inside of his whole body, like cooking him from the in- yeah. inside out. Like it's great. It looks it great. Is. He does a great job. Yeah. And then at the end, he freaks out and throws himself over a balcony. Yeah, and they naked gun his death too. So instead of just like falling over the balcony, he puts his head through a window that's unrelated to the balcony that he falls <laughs> off of. So he's like, smash! Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> just to make like, sure. Insult. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bear trap! Oh, cake! Oh, yeah. So, Again, they do not skimp out on the death scenes in this. <laughs> no, because not only is he boiling and his skin is melting and all this shit, like, when he falls, you don't just see him in the state that you saw him in at the last moment before he dies. When you see him on the ground, he is a smoking husk. He looks like a burned matchstick. Yep. So, pretty cool. You almost expect like a drunk driver just to crash through the wall of the house and flatten him, dude. (laughs) Run him over. Steal the deal. (laughs) The kid with the vacuum cleaner from uh, (laughs) Trick or Treat trying to vacuum him (laughs) off the... (laughs) That's all I could think of was that yeah. that amazing scene from Trick or Treat where he's trying to vacuum his mom off the carpet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good. Good stuff. <laughs> so the demon needs Cameron to die in the house. In his that bedroom. Part of, by the closet. In, yeah. Right. He, like, that's part of this deal, apparently. And so... The shrink explains that she thinks that all of Sam's dreams were caused by the demon and trying to confuse him into killing Cameron. And so that's so they're headed straight towards this house to try and save him. Um, So Sam starts seeing Cameron like he's 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 walked into the into the closet at this point. Oh, yeah. Sam walked in the closet. The closet door shut and he's stuck in there. And now it's right. kind of so, like it's it's kind of like he entered uh, labyrinth, like labyrinth world, right. where everything's different. Yeah. Like, and I assume that this is supposed to be a combination of the subconscious of Cameron and the portal to hell, essentially. So, like, they're sort of merged in this thing. And you see a point where he crosses over a threshold from what what we've seen before. That was what I think we're supposed to assume is Cameron's consciousness. And then you start seeing these, like, there's a map painting now of, yeah. like, roots, and it looks more gnarly than it did before. And that, I assume, is Cameron walking to hell. And Ca- Well, um, Cameron's, Cameron's walking to his dad, who's calling him on the riverbank there. Like, so... Right. But we're never made, we're never made totally sure if that's actually his dad or the demon... That I mean, that's absolutely the demon. It's absolutely yeah, the demon. He's being... Yeah, yeah. Out. Oh, 100%. Um, Could be his dad. I mean, his dad. If his dad was in cahoots, I mean, it could be. It could still be. But, um, yep. So he's his dad is like kind of calling him into the light. So to a certain extent, the idea is that if he goes, if he follows his dad into the light, maybe he just dies. I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe that's like. 
and and that gets the demons thing accomplished for him. But I think I think there's literally uh, that weird werewolf thing that we see at the end. I think is holding his hands out, but we don't see him because I think that Cameron has his hands extended like he's about to take the hands of somebody. Like he's about to grab his dad's hands. Yep. And then the next thing we see is a weird jumping werewolf from an El Santo movie, which was uh, a choice that I appreciated. Um, it reminded so, me of the um, the wolf boy in uh, Spookies. Yeah. <laughs> and it had just as much like just as much relation to anything yeah, that was going exactly. on as the werewolf boy in Spookies. <laughs> um, yeah. So so he walks into this matte painting and this fucking weird werewolf demon jumps out. Sam's been following this kid into like he's trying to stop him from going into hell and he he does finally like it looks like he's about to make contact with whatever's on the other side and Sam grabs him and pulls him away which pisses off this fucking weird mexican werewolf thing who <laughs> jumps out and like he looks like have you ever seen one of those like uh like beast of the yellow knight or like any of those filipino monster movies not at all no he looks like one of those where it's like peanut butter and hair just kind of jammed onto the face. Okay. Like it, he does not look, I mean, I think I've seen the, the shots up close. It looked like good makeup, but when you see him from afar, it could be anything. Like he just looks kind of silly the way that it's shot. Um, but yeah, he is just kicking Sam's ass yeah. and in and, hilarious and so ways. much slow motion <laughs> wire work throwing like, but I love gets, it. it. It adds to the surreal yeah. quality of it all. When people are just yeah. slow motionly floating weirdly through the air in this yeah. weird cave dreamscape environment. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. So he gets he gets kicked around a lot. And in one point, he literally gets kicked 10 to 15 feet into the air. Like from he's on the ground and they're actually like ground fighting and the werewolf kicks him into the air. And, you know, he would just be like broken pelvis, like just a bag of blood, like all his organs would be exploded. It's it's almost like they're they're in a a lesser gravity version. Right. Exactly. Like like it is. Maybe it is something different because they're not they're not in reality. Um, And so eventually um, he just the. Cameron he, manifests the, the wolf, demon. The wolf jumps at him and he dodges, and the wolf yeah. falls into a crevice in the wall, and then starts right. to mer- then starts to transform into into the actual demon. Which and because that makes he sense. starts to do that because Cameron does something because he's got that weird little novelty Spencer's gifts little nail board thing where you put your hand in and it makes the shape of your hand. And yep. he keeps manifesting the face of the demon in that thing in his room. And so that like the that demon statue is manifested in that little nail board. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it shows up in in this like thoughtscape hell world, whatever the hell they're in. Um, and so at that point, this demon starts manifesting itself. And he looks bad. Um, he's like when you see him, he's like 15 feet tall give or take seems like and he moves like a santa in a macy's window display like i don't think it looks bad i don't think it looks the that other bad way. one way oh come on oh ho ho it doesn't look ho, that ho, ho. bad 
Welcome to hell. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Enjoy your stay. Uh, come on. It's just not like that bad. It's not that bad. But it's not that good, but it's not he's, that, bad. It's he's not pretty, that bad. He's pretty fakey. He's pretty fakey. When he gets when he's the stick with the poncho, that's that is bad. the funniest fucking that's shit the funniest I've thing ever, ever seen in my but life. But when you actually see when you actually see him, he looks cool. But the problem is they stay on him yeah. too long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give me a second flash, but like you you hang there for ten seconds, you're like, yeah. He's, he, and he's yeah. the perfect thing. Like when you when you have like a a demon from hell that like your brain isn't supposed to be able to understand it. Have little flashes. Have it change. Yeah. Have, like have it distort. Yeah. It's perfect opportunity to fake it out with shitty video tricks. You but could you, literally just fake the whole thing out. It's it's kind of the difference between going to see a haunt when it's all lit up and dark and on purpose, and then like cleaning up that haunt at one in the afternoon in the bright daylight. You know what I mean? They just hang on it way too long and you get to see all the, all the, all the magic behind yeah, the magic. I agree. Mm. Yep. yep. So they, they, the creature I think looks cool. They just dwelled on it too long. Like they, yeah. they could, they could have made it more effective by less, less is more. Yep. Um, so in the real world, uh, the shrink has woken Cameron up and She's given him the idol and she's like, concentrate on this. You can send him back. Like, you can do this. You brought him away from this. Send him back. Right. Yep. And so he's he's concentrating on it. And the the walls that we assume are representative of, of his consciousness or the tunnel that is allowing this demon to come into this world. He crashes down the walls of this thing, so it's now trapped in the other world. Or so we thought. And so we get a, another jump scare where the demon is actually alive. Boom! Shows up. And, and then he really concentrates. This time he's like screaming the way that he was the last time that he made something happen. And he summons an Evil Dead 2 portal. We get the big spinning <laughs> He totally, like, a, he totally made up an Evil Dead 2 portal. Uh, yep. Oh, so, oh, we, so I'll make up my own. Uh, uh, so he totally summons up a Monster Squad portal. <laughs> He's got a Monster Squad portal. And, <laughs> and you're like, wow, this is going to be crazy. We're going to watch this thing get sucked into a portal. And we're going to see the whole thing swirling like it's going into a toilet. And it's going to be amazing looking. And well, then he just fucking explodes. Here's a cartoon electrical graphics and a little fireworks show. <laughs> it reminded me of Jaws 4. The best which, Jaws, you mean? The best, the best Jaws. <laughs> the whatever the like the the non theatrical cut or whatever the other one is. Maybe it is the theatrical cut where they they found out that the ending didn't work. They were like, people wanted to see Jaws explode, and so it's like, well, we just impaled him on something. People want to see him explode, yeah. so they were like, they went to Sea World and they were like, uh, here's a fucking fake thing from SeaWorld. It was like a fake shark, fake rubber shark, and they blew it up with fireworks, and that was their ending. That's yeah. what this feels like. <laughs> like, it feels like an afterthought where someone was like, "Yeah, that swirling thing looks shitty. I guess it could blow up. It's clearly, <laughs> you, expo- it's clearly you exploded a mannequin with fireworks. It, yep. is, it is not the explosion death uh, uh, Pazuzu deserves. <laughs> 
Deceptor Pazuzu. Deceptor. Yeah, it is hilarious. Either way, I love I love that. It's another thing that adds to this movie for me is just how sometimes it's just brilliant effects that are very scary, and then sometimes it's just swing and a miss, like just a a whoosh. It's almost like they had two different special effects crews, like crew A and crew B. A had their A game, and B was just like, (laughs) fuck it off at craft services all day, not doing their shit. (laughs) Like, it's so strange, because when this movie nails it, it nails it. Like It feels like they had an effects crew that worked on one version of this movie and they finished, they went home and then they started working on other movies. And then they said, we've changed the script and they said, we're busy. And they went, can anybody who works at craft services do special effects? <laughs> and they're like, ah, we've got cheese sticks and apples. Yeah. Um, and also, I think my brother, I think my brother might've shot a movie in the backyard with the camcorder once. Perfect. Uh, Get uh, that I'll, dude. I'll send him on here. over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so. <laughs> yeah, I've ne- so I, 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 I'm, I'm right to think of another movie with such more yeah. uneven special effects as this, because There's, when they do nail it, it is clutch, <laughs> and when they fuck up, it's so MST3K worthy. Yeah, like it's yeah. so it's so weird to see something that is like literally something I would say as an example of some of the best scare effects like some of the best creature effects that I've ever seen juxtaposed with literally some of the worst I've ever seen it's fun and uh, I mean that's what you want in a genre movie you want those moments that are just like really silly but you also like the scares and it's like uh, this is this is kind of the complete package for me yep so yep I love this movie apparently after after the demon blows up, they they go live happily ever after. I guess. I, I guess there's no uh, there's no ending. They just roll the credits. Like yeah, <laughs> they were like they all drove off together. I mean this this demon's from like these ancient texts. He's he's existed forever. Like I'm, I'm sure he's probably absolutely positively dead for good now. Um, <laughs> and I mean if he is this like unbelievably powerful demon. I feel like killing him has really fucked things up. Like if you did just blow him up, it's like blowing up the moon or something. Like there's yeah. gonna be something that he there's gonna be some natural reason he exists. And what's it's Cameron like, man, what's Cameron's future story? We still have a fucking psychic telekinetic kid that deals with demons. Like there's gotta be more there too. <laughs> yeah, you've got a fucking Carrie White wandering around there who's about to go back to school <laughs> with a bunch of trauma under his belt. Things are probably gonna get ugly. Yeah. You know, do not bully this kid. It's going to get <laughs> really bad. Um, but he already knows what he can do. So, you know, maybe this is a, an X-Men prequel or something. Well, I just have to wonder. Know. There was never another movie called Cameron's Other Closet. So <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't. Which would man. have been the greatest name for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron's Other Closet. <laughs> Cameron's bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron's so medicine cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this movie, I love it. It basically it, they they did forget to put an ending on it. I mean, yeah. their last mm-hmm. words are, "Let's go find your mom." Yeah. 
Okay. Right, she's probably just drunk somewhere. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she's still passed out on the couch. It's not going to be hard to find her. Just follow the trail of cigarette butts and empty whiskey bottles. <laughs> Wait, where's my stupid boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> Which one? <laughs> yeah. Is it your stupid brother boyfriend? Your regular boyfriend? Your ex-dead husband boyfriend? Uh, no, uh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I just don't know where I am right now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, this was great. I'm glad you jumbled up. Uh, this happened again, didn't it? Uh, I mean, yeah. Oh, this happened. Did we do some other podcast where you were like, "Let's do this movie"? This wasn't what I thought it was. This was not the movie I thought it was. This time, when we did it, I knew it was one of two movies. I knew it was yep. either uh, uh, whatever that other one is, making contact, making, yep. making contact, or or this. And uh, it turns out that this was the one that I had not seen. So glad I and saw I, it. And, I, and I'm super psyched because, like I said, this movie's just been sitting on my shelf for a couple of years. I've just never put it on because the, I've heard cool things. But every time I look at it, it looks so fucking boring. Yeah. So it looks like Disclosure. It looks like yeah. the cover for Disclosure. It's yep. insane. Why would you why would you do that? If, if, if it when just you had, have if a it great had, poster. If it just had one picture of the monster on the back, I would have popped this shit in years ago. So yeah, yeah, that's a that's a real waste of an opportunity. Better late than never. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, highly recommended. I think people should check it out. Uh, not a, honestly, not a, not a perfect movie, but enough no. unique, weird shit to definitely warrant to watch. Yeah, and I'll watch it again. One hundred percent. Yeah, and I will too. I did. I did actually buy it for this. So. So I have a copy of it to watch forever and ever and ever. Mostly because I needed to have subtitles because I have like seven fans going all the time. So I can't hear a goddamn <laughs> thing that's on TV. That's because you're so um, popular. Yeah. Woo. I get it. Uh, uh, dad jokes. <laughs> hashtag dad jokes. Dad no kids. jokes. <laughs> dad jokes. No kids. <laughs> Awesome. Well, you know, you can follow us at the Funbox Monster Podcast, and you can go to CoastCityComics.com, and you can buy your comic books. You know, if you spend $30 or more at CoastCityComics.com, you can get your order shipped for free. My goodness. You know, it's a great time to shop at Coast City Comics. It is a, it's you can't always go a fantastic time to shop at Coast Isn't City Comics. <laughs> I'm wearing a Coast City Comics uh, official shirt right now. A licensed Poultrygeist shirt? My I, God, where else are you going to get that? Drawn by Steve Levine of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fame? Who else would have that? Only us. It's sold in also, a sleeved version, or you could take scissors and cut your own sleeves off like I did. Because I'm you badass. Can. <laughs> also, we still have our Black Roses shirts, which are finally gaining popularity. I'm so happy. Uh, honestly, because of Yasmina and uh, Witchfinger. Like uh, without which finger we probably would not <laughs> have as many sales, but like if you the like the which finger podcast, then go buy your damn black roses shirt at coastcitycomics.com. Yeah. We got co- <laughs> yeah, we got black so, roses uh, shirt officially licensed, officially licensed poultry guy shirts. Uh, there is officially a fun- licensed Boglins shirts. Officially licensed Boglin shirts. I've got one of those. I've also got our officially licensed Funbox Monster Podcast <laughs> shirt drawn by Brandon Kaw- Kawashima. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Yes, no problem. I always have trouble and, pronouncing uh, that name. <laughs> that's fair. And it is an awesome shirt. And it is yes, fluorescent and 
and wonderful. Uh, I cut yeah, my sleeves so... off that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I know you need a Trans Am, buddy. I know. Anyway, we will see you next week where we will decide whether or not we're going to watch Making Contact because uh, that would be fun, but it also is kind of a kid's movie and it might be weird. Who but knows? if we watch that or not, we'll still make contact with you then. Oh, Jesus oh. Christ, dude. Fuck, I'm on a roll. Whew. <laughs> wow, you were on some some variety of role. Let's Excellent. Just, let's well, just stand there for another twenty minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Okay. Let's not. No, not. We've already lost everybody. All right. <laughs> Good night, everybody, and we will see you next week. Peace. See you, Matt. Awesome. Always a pleasure, dude. Have a good night. <laughs> All right, man. Take it easy. <laughs>